Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and 5x5 Podcast Networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Pels fans? Welcome to our special preseason preview of the Pelicans' first matchup of the 2018-19 season with the Chicago Bulls. This is the second time I'm reading it because I messed up the first time. I'm your host and contributor to thebirdrights.com, Preston Ellis. And today, we've got the OGs. We don't have David Grubb, but we are joined by our editor-in-chief of thebirdrights.com, Ali Cosell. Ali, it's been a while since it's been the three of us, right? Man, it honestly feels like a month, even though it's been, what, probably a couple weeks at the most? Yeah, I guess, but I meant uh, specifically, we've had Grub with us for so long now, I can't remember what it feels like to just have... I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Ollie and Kevin, and let me go ahead and just introduce Kevin. Kevin Berrios, you can find him at Kevin Barry, uh, Kevin B for Bounce. That's, I'm off my game, but we got to get back to it because the regular season is right around the corner. Kevin, man, how's the house coming together, dude? It's coming together. Uh, it's, I have piles of my life stacked up in every room waiting for furniture to arrive to organize it um so yeah i'm just sitting on a mattress on the floor right now recording this one i feel like you guys are taking turns because ollie just like demolished the better part of his house to rebuild it and now it looks beautiful i've seen pictures and now kevin's doing kind of the same thing uh proud homeowner now and he is likewise uh creating from the bottom up so proud of you man congratulations on on your new home by the way i don't know if we said that already and Ali, the kitchen is looking good. Sorry, I'll I cut you off. Kevin, get back in there. Tell us more. Yeah, I'm good. You're good. Jump, uh, Ali. I'm sitting on piles of junk. There's nothing really to talk about. <laughs> Ali, man, uh, the, I the am a, I'm, I've become a clean freak, Preston. That's what you guys need to know. When you when you put together the most amazing kitchen of your dreams, living room, polished new floors, every little stain, any kind of coaster that's not in place, you start freaking out about it. I can't believe I became one of those people. I bought a robot vacuum cleaner. That's who I am. <laughs> Bring it over to my house. I'll use them. 
Kevin, we have to take note of this if we ever go back over to Ollie's place, uh, that we are not to make any kind of water stain anywhere <laughs> oh, in the house. I'm, I'm very pro-coaster. I respect wood. I'm like Larry David. <laughs> All right, you guys, before we get started, remember all of our listeners, follow us on Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and above all, make sure to give us a rating on iTunes, even if you don't use iTunes to listen to us. Uh, it just helps our numbers. It helps us get some attention. We greatly appreciate your help on this matter. Let's go ahead and start with Ali. Ali, let's start with Media Day. First off, uh, both of you guys were there, uh, as well as Trevor Ritchie, also of thebirdrice.com. Drew wants to be a perennial first-team all-defender. AD considers himself the best in the league, and no one can tell him any different. And Solomon Hill says the Pelicans are going to be even faster in 2018 and 19 than they were in 2017 and 18. He says everybody has to play what works for them. If we played any other style of basketball, that wouldn't fit who we are. That wouldn't fit our coach and the system we want to implement. We found success being the fastest team in the NBA, and I think our goal is now if we had to match up with last year's team, we would have to be faster than that team. Ali, talk about your major takeaways uh, from Media Day and what you learned there. Um, hashtag best vibes ever. No, <laughs> honestly, um, it was good. Um, they were trying to build off everything that happened last year. And it seems like the personnel moves they made. Plus, when you combine it with the fact that we had a leadership void initially at free agency, but that it seems like Anthony Davis and Drew Hawley are taking that next step forward. Um, and you combine with Solomon Hill, a few key guys coming back, Frank Jackson. This team's on the up and up as to where they truly believe that they're going to be, I think, a perennial playoff, uh, at least a contender. Um, probably, hopefully, they'll have some championship aspirations as well, considering they do have the best player in the game, right? So, in essence, Preston, everybody was ultra positive on, on uh, media day. As, as You know, that's a typical theme. That's why I'm kind of, kind of started with a joke. But it was good because, you know they kind of talked about how they were successful. You know, it wasn't just all uh, just flash, you know, they weren't just talking a game. They actually talked about what went right last year and what, you know, each player kind of individually sees on where they can improve, how the team can take that next step. So I think it was a very positive media day. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Kevin? You were there with me. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a super positive media day. I, uh, I think my big takeaways were, the talk of how unselfish Anthony Davis is and how that trickles down to the rest of the team. You know, you heard a lot of talk about how he can get 50 in a game, but it's not um, a selfish 50, how it flows through the offense and how everybody wants to be, is a part of everything that's happening. Um, you know, that it was just talk about how he's just a rare superstar that he's not worried about his numbers and what he gets. He just wants to, uh, make the team win, you know, have a winning team and have a, a, a good style of play that gets everyone involved. And also, you know, and that's a little bit counter. It's not necessarily counter, but it's uh, interesting considering he's also at the same time saying that he's the best player in the league. and He's going to go out there and prove it, but he's going to prove it in a way that's in an unselfish way, which is an interesting concept to begin with um although i guess you could say lebron is a little bit like that too because he's kind of a playmaker for the rest of his team even though the ball sort of sticks with him way more than it does with ad um so yeah those that's the biggest takeaway and then of course you know hearing that they want to play a lot faster than they did last year when they were already one of the fastest teams um i think we kind of knew that that anyway with the way they built this team um getting um you know, shifting away from uh, bigger 
bigger guys like uh, DeMarcus Cousins to get uh, guys like Julius Randle, who's more fit to run, um, and <clears throat> getting um, a little bit younger, and getting um, Alfred Payton, who's also been known to be very good in early offense and in the open court. So um, that that was sort of expected. Um, but when you hear they want to play way faster than they did last season, that's that's something a little shocking. Yeah. Kevin, I also wanted to ask you this because I wrote on it, but I want to see what your feelings were on it since we haven't talked about it. You were there two years ago on Media Day with me, and uh, I noted that there was that big sense of urgency in the room where you could tell they had one mission and everybody was focused on making the playoffs. And it seemed like Rondo really maybe set that tone. And he, but even Boogie spoke to it, you know, AD followed in line, so did Drew. As for this year, I felt like there was a really a, just a relaxed confidence. That's like that, that type of vibe where it really reflected AD's persona. Did you kind of feel that too? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it w- that would have been last year, not the year before, uh, but not two years ago. Two years ago. It's, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. Two years ago, it was, uh, this is a process, you know, yeah. it seemed like they they definitely had no expectations. Yeah, we're trying to be a blue-collar, hard-working team. Um, and then last year, it was a <clears throat> playoffs. But, yeah, you're right. This year, it was a lot of swagger, a lot of relaxation. You know, it's kind of it was kind of like that, um, the, the, the stocking cap, uh, Swisher Sweets meme, you know, who, no matter who, who's out there, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know how to phrase that, but you know the meme I'm talking about with mm-hmm. LeBron spoken the Swisher Sweets with all the different names that matter. We get, we got this, whatever. Uh, Cavs are full, whatever. Um, it was a lot like that. Relaxed confidence for sure. Yeah, I think what makes this uh, media day a little bit different is you can just see the expectations behind the players' eyes and in their quotes. You can sense, as Kevin was just suggesting, the swagger. And I want to put a bit more uh, perspective on this, Ali. Obviously, with success like the Pelicans had in the first round against the Portland Trailblazers, comes much more national attention. And just to shift gears back to Anthony Davis for a second, the big story over the past couple of weeks was him firing his agent and signing with Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. And all of a sudden, the media, this trailblazer, Trade AD to Boston or LA has resurfaced. Stephen A. Smith, Jalen Rose. Uh, this is something that Julius Randall talked about in his article in the Undefeated with Mark Spears. Was just the burden of the rumor mill that was always churning in Los Angeles about LeBron possibly coming there. As the Pelicans experience more success, how will they at the same time overcome this churning rumor mill that will only churn faster and faster? Uh, the the better that Anthony Davis plays and the closer he ascends to that MVP race. They'll do what they've always done, just ignore it. You know, I found there was a comment Solomon Hill made a couple of days ago in practice where we were talking kind of about this exact issue. And Solomon Hill says, well, it won't be really any different because he compared to all the rumors out of uh, all the trades, all possible trades to Boston, you know, when those were running rampant, you know, on and off. So these guys are kind of aware of what's being said, Ben Corns, but, you know, they're professionals, and they know that social media is right there. So they largely do know how to ignore it. So I don't think it's going to phase the team, you know, one way or another. And as I've kind of stated on on social media, I, I think this move to Clutch Sports is going to be great for AD, simply because Kevin and I saw a different person there sitting on the, the podium. And then in practices, uh, he's been, you know, kind of being – he's basically been the leader. He's been the loudest voice. He's kind of been leading all these scrimmages and such. And, of course, him making that statement, as you just referred to, of being the best player in the NBA. I think all of this is such a change from what we've seen 
out of him previously that how can you not relate it to the fact that he had a change in ownership, that he talked about how he wants to be the most dominant player, and he thinks that changing the clutch sports is going to help him with that. And, of course, suddenly we get this new image. I mean, it, it goes hand in hand, right? So, therefore, I, that's that's all I'm taking out of the switch and representation. It has nothing to do with what may happen in the future. Because you know what? AD's so good, he could switch teams on the, on a drop of a dime with anybody representing him. Even myself or Kevin, for instance. We could make a deal happen just like that because it's Anthony Davis. So, him going to clutch sports doesn't open doors for that for me. Rather, it's all those other doors to, you know, basically change his image. That's what I think he's honestly after. You know, this, he needed a little bit of ego, I always thought, to be a little bit more outspoken. Because whenever they talked about Harden, they talked about any of these great other players, and especially when they would ask AD, do you think you should be an MVP? He always, like, deferred to us. He would say, it's, it's not up to me. I don't really care, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly he does a 180. No, no, that, that's been probably the biggest priority in him changing representation. And I think that's a good thing. All right, Kevin, let's hear your take on it. I'm, I'm searching for uh, a quote that Julius Randle had in The Undefeated as we speak, and I'm trying to, to kill time. Here it is. He says, I come from a place where there is a storyline every day for over a year. Is LeBron coming here? Is Paul George coming here? Blah, 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 blah. That was from day one since I got there because LeBron was a free agent. There was a storyline every single day. What is going to happen is going to happen, but I feel like AD loves it. He earned the right to do whatever he wants to do, but hopefully he will be here. This is from Julius Randle. Uh, I'm going to pose the same question to you. Do you think the Pelicans just, you know, focus on the game as it comes? Or do you think it ever gets to a point, not just in, in the Pelicans locker room, but in locker rooms across the NBA where players just get tired of hearing about this stuff? Um, well, first off, I, one thing that we, since we're talking about Julius Randle too, we should also note one thing that we learned during media day is that Anthony Davis said his recruitment of Julius Randle wasn't very hard because Julius Randle was the one that said he wanted to be here. So he said he didn't have to do that much, which is a nice twist for us in New Orleans to have, you know, known that we haven't had much in terms of uh, free agent interest over the years. Um, but getting back to the question, um, the way you phrased it earlier is if AD's having all this success and he's, and he's uh, on the cusp of an MVP and we're winning, I think that sort of solves itself. You know, those things will go away because why does he need to leave a situation that's perfect for him where he can also get the most money on his contract if we're winning? And if he's in position to win an MVP, then there's no reason to leave. And I don't think that he really wants to. I think he's happy here. Um, I think he likes it here. Um, I I do 100% agree that this is more about the world outside of basketball and also shaping his persona. I mean, for years we were begging for more of an alpha alpha mentality from him and from Drew Holiday. We started to get that last season from Drew Holiday. Hopefully this year, Anthony Davis really takes that um, takes that mantle up because, you know, before we were relying basically on Tyreek Evans for a long time as the alpha male in the locker room. Then we had, you know, Rondo and, and Cousins last season. Um, and I've written about this earlier in the offseason about how this team and this locker room is the best situation to make a Anthony Davis the MVP because he will clearly be the face again. And the way the team is built, he will definitely shine. And it's his turn to take up that that role as the leader now that Rondo and Cousins are out of the locker room. Um, other than that, I mean, I think, you know, one thing I meant to ask Etwan Moore during media day, which I didn't, 
was uh, how how did it how does it feel to have a signature shoe before Anthony Davis? You know, I mean, these are things <laughs> that this clutch agency will help him achieve. You know, it's ridiculous that he doesn't have his own shoe. Um, you know, things outside of just having a uh, motor oil commercial. You know, get him more seen nationally, and if he can get those things here, which why can't he? You know, New Orleans is a place that's marketed all over the all over the place. You know, they borrow our culture all the time for marketing purposes. Now you have a superstar here that you can combine those things together. Um, you know, it, it would take an idiot to not be able to sell that to companies as a, a promotional tool. So um, I I don't think it's something that we work we have to necessarily worry about. Now, look, we don't know his inner. Feelings were not in his inner circle, so maybe he just wants to leave for other reasons. I mean, there's still a possibility that he can leave. I'm not ruling that out. I just don't think that this move is because he's, like, trying to work his way out of New Orleans, you know. Um, I think um, he, he – I do believe that he wants to be here long term, and I don't think we should really worry about it. We just need to also enjoy it while he's here in case he does leave because – this team is going to be very good this year and uh, it's probably going to be one of the best years that we're going to see of basketball in New Orleans. All right, that quote from Julius Randle was, he said, if you ask every NBA player if they had their dream scenario, their dream scenario is everyone just wants to be wanted. For me, talking to New Orleans, they wanted me. I was a part of their future. That's directly from his article on the undefeated. And just to wrap up things with Anthony Davis, I don't think Anthony Davis wants to leave. I don't think him signing with Rich Paul of Clutch Sports is any indication that anything is changing. I'm just simply questioning the storyline by the national media um, attacking. I, I almost think that the better Anthony Davis plays, the better the New Orleans Pelicans become, that only churns the storyline even more so that Anthony Davis will want to leave because the more popular he becomes, the more clicks he gets, the more attention it draws to whoever is, you know, shouting through their megaphone that Anthony Davis wants to go to L.A. I'm just saying it's it's a problem with the national media more so than it's a situation in New Orleans with Anthony Davis directly involved in him wanting to be elsewhere. I just think that it's it's almost become an infectious disease, you know, attacking these storylines and beating them to death just in the hopes that it'll happen. So you'll be able to drive more news content. Anyway, that's, that's all I was, uh, but that's, that's, yeah. Uh, there's other things to remember too. Remember Drew Holiday changed agents right before he signed. John Wall changed agents right before he signed. You know, that's not a thing that mm-hmm. just because you change agents doesn't mean you're looking to change teams. And another thing that uh, I'm not the first person to have this thought, but it's just sort of ridiculous that the fan bases all over the place lament all these super teams yet all the time they're trying to drive like small market stars to other markets like you know people are calling paul george dumb for staying in oklahoma city (laughs) that they go into a big city but like at the same time they hate the fact that the warriors exist so i mean we just need to like figure out what we want as in the nba as a fan base and stop trying to send all the stars to one location if if you if that's truly what you don't want yeah, definitely. Uh, let's go ahead and move on because we've got so much left. Um, I want to briefly touch on DeMarcus Cousins Players Tribune article. I can see you guys talking about it in our Twitter DM right now. And then we'll get to uh, some training camp information from Ali, who's been at a couple of practices. And then we'll finally wrap up with a Bulls preview as well as some questions. Uh, just very quickly, this was his quote. 
Uh, DeMarcus Cousins said there was never anything negative with the Pelicans. We felt like we were creating something special. He goes on to talk about how he helped the Pelicans get Rajon Rondo, Jameer Nelson, Tony Allen, Ian Clark, uh, Nikola Miritich, I should say. Uh, they, they spelled it out for me in the PR sheet, so hopefully I'll get better at pronouncing these names. Anyway, Ali, it seems like this was an attempt at at clearing his name. Uh, we, we saw the animosity that came with him taking that mid-level deal of $5 million to go to Golden State, you know, teaming up with the bad guys from the West and, you know, just making a super team even more uh, colossally scary and dangerous. And it looks as if he's just trying to get some some goodwill, some good-natured attention uh, via this article. What do you think his was his intention was in publishing this? You, you said it. That's entirely what this is. Because everybody's still, and it bothers him. That's why he's done it again. Because this isn't the first time how he's tried to uh, basically show or tell his side of the story and to uh, basically go against the facts that are out there. And he, he basically did it again, you know? So I, I just don't know really why he's doing why his representation thinks this is necessary. Because honestly, being on the Golden State Warriors, now his focus should be trying to be that good teammate, you know? instead of talking about what had happened, about not hearing from the Pelicans. And then also talking about how he helped this team uh, basically bring in all these players last year, including, which I found disturbing, which everybody else knows, is the fact that he talked about how he helped bring Nikola Miritich to a team when actually it happened after uh, he had been, or he went down with injury, and it was a trade. I mean, unless he's helping Dell Dempson in the front office, I'm not quite sure how he helped there. But anyways... Yeah, Preston, it's it's total PR move by his people. I mean, th- there's undoubtedly that's what it is. He needs to probably build up a little bit more um, just good vibes around him because, let's face it, he's always been involved in a lot of controversial, you know, e- either times on the court or off the court. So I'm not taking anything away from it. I just hope that it's, you know, he officially means it, that he's going to move on. But you know what? I bet you when the Pelicans play, somebody's going to ask him that question. And it's going to reopen this. So let's get used to hearing about it some more. Kevin, do you have anything to add to that? No, I, I hadn't had a chance to read that article yet. I, I retweeted it so I could go back and read it, but I've just been so busy. But honestly, I have no ill will towards the Marcus Cousins. I don't care. I'm happy that he's in a good spot for him. Um, I've liked him for his whole career. I don't have any ill will, even, you know, if, you know, obviously the claim that he brought helped bring Viritich over here is. A questionable thing to say but at the end of the day i still don't care like he's a good guy who helps a lot in the community he has mm-hmm. his problems uh we all knew about his problems he's a very good basketball player he may return to that form he may not we don't know he's not here i don't care i hope he is has a great career still and i don't care uh, outside of that all right well said um uh, we don't have to dive any deeper into that. I just wanted to address it because it was part of the national news uh, this week. Let's go ahead and jump into our Bulls preview because there is so much to cover. We finally have uh, a game to talk about. We can talk about potential lineups. We can talk about the injury report. We're going to start, though, with Alfred Payton because Ali sent me the PR packet, and he is listed in the starting lineup. So uh, at this point, he obviously has the job locked up. And we'll start with a question from Phelps a lot. Before we break down the game as a whole, we're just going to start with with uh, Mr. Payton, he says, I'm sure you guys will address the AD-sized elephant in the room, but I would like to hear what you guys think of the buzz surrounding Payton during camp. 
fake news or key contributor this year. And I'm going to post this directly to Ali first because you posted a couple of videos from him uh, draining 16 three-pointers in a row at training camp. His jump shot uh, appears to be smoother. Uh, he's looking confident taking them. Talk about the buzz surrounding Alfred Payton and are you a believer? I am, and it has nothing to do with that jump shot. It's about the ability to run the Pelicans' offense, and he's looked great in doing that. Um, he has, he's barely been around the team. I'm not sure when he started working out with the guys and getting a feel for where, they, where, where their good spots are on the floor and, and such, but he, he has nailed on all his passes. I'm trying to remember if he's made any turnovers, and it's only been maybe one or two, honestly. And so that, that's the biggest thing. Can he drive this offense that Alvin Gentry desires? And that's to run faster than last year. And I can emphatically say from what I've seen in training camp, the answer is yes. So that's where my excitement comes from. Plus the fact that I've seen him playing defensively. Uh, Drew Holly has been high-fiving from whenever he's kind of put his hand on the ball on, uh, in the passing lanes or gotten over a screen. Um, when, whenever somebody's made a good contest of a jumper, by the opponent, whoever they're guarding. Um, all these things are happening. And he, he's been ultra aggressive. I think that's another thing that I've noticed since his days in Orlando and then playing in Phoenix, how Preston, you're the one that even reminded me consistently how he kind of turned it on and off way too much for um, anybody to be able to build up any trust in this guy's game and, and being a consistent performer. And he, he's been, like I said, the effort has been there. If, you know, outside of maybe Julio Okafor and Julius Randle, I want to say Alfred Payton's um, motor has been by far, the, you know, one of the best in the Pelicans training camp. So this is all good to see. And that's what you wanted because he was brought in to do just a certain job on this team. And so far he's taken, you can tell he's taken, you know, that task very seriously and he's looked good doing it. So like I wrote in, in my five thoughts from the Pelicans training camp, which I published a couple hours ago, I think that he's in for a good season as for he's going to average more minutes than Rondo simply because he's going to be a little bit more of the, a two-way player that the Pelicans need, and he's going to be just a, a little more of a consistent performer. Um, I, I'm truly buying him, Preston, yeah. I mean, it's amazing I feel this excited because, as Kevin mentioned kind of on social media the other day, I wasn't on board with him initially upon the signing where I kind of took heed of your advice and I looked at some video. I honestly didn't know if he could do it. You know, I had a million questions, and a lot of them got answered kind of this week. Just you got to hope that it continues, I guess, right? Because let's let's face it, it only counts in a regular season. Yeah, you said it. Aggressiveness is the number one priority with Alfred Payton. Uh, like I've always been saying, you know, two nights in a row, he can go for, you know, 20, 15, and 10 and really uh, dazzle you. And then he might disappear for two weeks at a time. And it's the same way on defense. I remember we talked about this. Uh, just, you know, fi not fighting over screens and losing his assignment defensively. But when he is focused, we know all the tools are there. So it's just Ken Pelicans and Darren Ehrman bring that out of him. Kevin, you've been uh, a fan of Alfred Payton for a while. We know that he's going to work in this system um but but can he facilitate the team as ali mentioned as a 30 minute per game guy i think so i mean i of course i'm coming from a background of always being a fan of his uh written several you know suggestions that we should trade for him and in fact last off season i had alfred payton and jonathan simmons as my number one targets to add to this team to add more athleticism more size uh, more more uh, defense on the wings and uh, some extra playmaking. Um, so I was definitely on board with this. Um, if he can shoot, that's amazing. But I didn't think we needed it. Um, as uh, Alvin Gentry said on media day, 
is that they were looking to get good players. Everybody's you hear everybody talk about you need to add shooting. They just wanted to add good players. They didn't worry about shooting. They feel like they've added some very good players in him and Randall. Um, so I think that's key. Um, he can do a lot of things on the court. Um, as Alvin Gentry also said, um, Alfred Payton was second in the league at, at his ability to get to the rim, and that's one of the reasons I used to love Tyreek Evans. I mean, I still love Tyreek Evans, but I love Tyreek Evans as a Pelican because he could get to the rim break down the defense and create off of that. And that's what you're going to get from Alfred Payton. Um, he's very good in early offense. Um, I didn't, I haven't seen him as up close as you have, as as uh, frequently as you have, but I have seen him in person several times because uh, he would come to protocol sometimes. And I would notice that he is noticeably more muscular than he has been ever in his career. Um, his arms look very strong. Um he also got a lot of high praise from his teammates. Uh, Anthony Davis said he thinks that Alfred Payton and Drew Holiday are the best defensive backcourt in the league. Drew Holiday said he always hated going against Alfred Payton because he was such a physical defender. So um, getting that kind of praise from those two guys is something to be very excited about. Um, you know, I haven't been able to see any practices, uh, but from all reports, and as Ali said, he's running the offense perfectly. Um, so the main questions that you had were effort, um, his ability to defend, and his ability to run the offense, and he seems to be answering those. And now we're also getting reports that he can possibly be uh, an effective shooter. So that's the kind of player that could have a breakout year um, and really change his opinion of league-wide, um, which is great for the Pelicans, but it's also one of those, uh, you know, him – Randall and Miritich are likely all to be free agents in the summer. So it's like, what are we going to do uh, after that? If he outplayed, he, you know, it sounds like he's definitely on pace to outplay the contract he's on now. So we'll have to worry about those questions later on. But it's exciting to uh, see that he's really fitting in well and he's in great shape. And Kevin, hey, Preston, that was a real, Preston, real quick. Let me drop this quote. Then I want to ask you a question about Alfred Payton. Cool. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm all ears. Yeah, Jim Eichenhofer wrote um, about basically the Pelicans being optimistic about Alfred Payton in an article yesterday. And I just want to read this quote about what Drew Holiday, who, as we know, is one of the best defenders in the NBA, NBA had to say about Alfred. He's just hard to get by or go around. He has great hands, is really quick, and has long arms. He's strong. You think that you might have him beat, but you never know. You, he might meet you at the rim or get a hand on the ball. Uh, off the ball, he gets steals and plays the passing lanes well. Preston, does this at all remind you of a guy you saw in Orlando? But if so, does it mean that he can't be this guy? No, I definitely think he has the ability to play man-to-man defense, but that's almost an archaic practice in segments now in today's NBA where everyone is forced to switch. Uh, you'll hear Fred Hoiberg uh, when we talk about the Bulls a little bit later. Versatility, uh, communication, these are the most important aspects of being a defender, not just being able to play a man one-to-one, but the the instincts of what's happening around you, seeing the entire play unfold before you, anticipating things before they happen. We know that Alfred Payton has the abilities, the tangibles, the quick hands, uh, the the wingspan to be that kind of defender that you know wins the Lefty Drizzle Award. We know that he has that potential. It's just can he see the game unfolding around him, and can he give you the effort that you need, not just 
you know, one night or two nights in a row, but for an 82 game season, we need to see the effort at all times, every minute that he's on the floor. And when things don't go his way, or if like what happened in Orlando and Phoenix, you know, if you've got Devin Booker on the floor with you, if you've got Aaron Gordon on the floor with you and, you know, trying to play hero ball, is that going to take Alfred Payton out of his element? Is that going to get him down? Is that going to get him trotting back on defense? If he sees Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis, you know that the Pelicans are going to share the ball. That's not going to be a problem like it was in Orlando and Phoenix. But should that happen for multiple possessions at a time and Alfred Payton doesn't get to get his, we just need we just need to see him focus, not just for one night, not just for two nights, but over the course of a season. And just to throw it back to you, this is something that Kevin had a had a beautiful segue. And this is something I wanted to present to you. I think the Pelicans are in the best possible uh, position to get the best out of these guys. Alfred Payton, Julius Randle, Jaleel Okafor, and Nikola Maritich. Not just because of the environment they're in, being with Drew Holiday, being with Anthony Davis, Darren Ehrman, Chris Finch. Um, as well as Alvin Gentry, having these guys on expiring prove-it contracts, especially Alfred Payton and Jaleel Okafor, if this stop doesn't work out for them, this could be their last stop in the NBA. They don't know. They're at that point in their career. So they're in a a win-now-or-die type mentality. So I think they are in the best possible position to really exceed this year. And if they're ever going to find the motivation to do so, it's got to be in this position. So I definitely think that it is possible. It, it's just whether or not those those are the players that that the Orlando Magic and the Philadelphia 76ers drafted uh, in the third and the tenth overall picks, respectively. I I think it's it's there. The chance is there. It's just a matter of they've got to go out on the floor and prove it. Well said, Preston. I couldn't said it any better. Um, you're right. The motivation we already know they're motivated by motivated by simply seeing how they came in the training camp. I've got nothing to add because you nailed it, Kevin. No, I'm good. All right, cool. Let's go through the injury report really quickly before we get to this game. Uh, I mentioned Jaleel Okafor. He is probable with an ingrown toenail. And for those of you who haven't had that, good for you, uh, because that is not comfortable. uh, And it's hilarious to look at. Nikola Meritich, a left Achilles tendinosis. He is questionable. I am going to hope. I'm I'm not going to bet. I'm going to hope that he doesn't play. I don't think you need to see him out there. If his Achilles is acting up now, we want him at 100% when the season opens in uh, about two and a half weeks from now. So I would hope that he would not be playing tomorrow. And we already looked at the press packet uh, that Ali sent me, and Julius Randle was listed in the starting lineup. So I would anticipate that's a pretty good indicator. Etwan Moore was also starting at the three. Darius Miller is probably not going to play. He's doubtful. A left bicep strain. I would hope they would hold him out at least until the 10th and maybe get him one game of action before the regular season starts. And Alexis Agensa is out with a right quad strain. Not sure we're going to have him have five-on-five basketball at all in the preseason. Um, Ali, I don't think I missed anyone. That still leaves a lot of bodies. Were you surprised to see any of these guys in the injury report? No. Um... Alvin had talked about something about when we, when I first asked him, I actually brought it up. I'm so curious if everybody's going to be able and willing to go. And then he brought up the Miritich and Miller injuries. And he, he honestly didn't. The thing we got to take away from this, guys, is the fact that he's not concerned about this at all. He said something about Miritich's ankle kind of, uh, kind of uh, what was it, getting a little bit more inflamed, a little bit more tender after all those uh, international flights between here and Spain. So I'm guessing he may have twisted a little bit of an ankle. Maybe just did something, and so all those flights didn't help. But be, be, between that, uh, the coaching staff not being worried, but also we've got to mention Miritich. 
uh, participate and practice in the scrimmage fully today. So if it was any kind of a problem, anything we should be concerned about, that wouldn't have happened. And as far as Miller, um, he didn't practice or scrimmage today. But it doesn't, again, the coach said it's just a little bit of thing in his shoulder area, which, as you reveal, Preston, is a bicep strain. I don't see any problem with that either. And I just got to mention, Preston, I have had an ingrown toenail, and it was the worst. I even had to have surgery to have, like, half of my toenail removed. So, uh-huh. yeah, those things are not fun. So it is serious. Uh, but I'll, hopefully it won't be for Julio Okafor. Uh, Kevin, what's your takeaway? Obviously, we're all salivating at the prospect or I guess itching just to see how Julius Randle, Nikola Meritich and Anthony Davis play on the floor together, all three of them. Uh, are you disappointed that he's not on the floor? And how important do you think it is that the Pelicans get some preseason run with the three of them in advance of the opening night tip off against the Houston Rockets? Well, first, it sounds like it's nothing extremely serious. So I would expect we'll see that at some point in in uh, preseason, so I'm not that concerned about it. In in fact, I think it's a little bit of um, it's a little bit of good luck in a way because then early on we get to see more of Julio Okafor to see where he is at, and um, and more Czech who because Czech needs more work too, as we we saw firsthand in summer league. Um, so I I, I kind of look forward to seeing those guys play. I know what Miritich can do. I mean, obviously we'd like to see the big three play together for a little while. Um, but we'll, we will see that. I don't have any doubts about that. Um, and I, too, also had two ingrown toenail surgeries where they, like, burned my growth plates with acid. Uh, it was pretty wild. My toenails don't grow the same anymore. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, but, but the uh, the insides of my big toes, they grow straight and they grow uh, longer, faster than, than, the, than the rest of it. So I get higher toenail on the inside of my big toe than on the other part of my toe. I don't know. It's weird. But, this is um, way too much toe talk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They might, we might have some foot people out there. <laughs> um, you know, we got to... We got uh, your foot fetishes audience. right here. Kevin gotta, yeah. Come on. We got to appeal to all kinds. It's 2018. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I don't judge anybody for what they like. You want to hear more about my toes? Send questions. We'll talk about it. Um, anyway, uh, other than that, uh, one thing I wanted to ask Ali is I haven't really heard anything about Darius Miller so far in these practices. Of how's he looked? Has he been playing with his injury, or has he not been playing, or has he looked okay? Um, I just remember him playing on on the first day on Tuesday, uh, seeing him out there, and um, you know, again, it was one of those things where he took a couple threes and he made a couple of threes, but other than that, I really don't remember him doing anything else on the court, whether it was competing for a rebound, uh, being involved in some good defensive play or assisting on a great, uh, you know, give and go, any kind of playmaking. So it, it looks like Darius Miller is still going to be that same old Darius Miller. But again, what should we expect? He's a little bit older now. Uh, it's doubtful his game's going to change at all. So that's why I kind of also included in my piece today. I think, honestly, Solomon Hill is going to give him a lot of run for his money. That's where Gentry's probably going to go with, I'm guessing, a solid eight or nine. And there's going to be a couple of the Pelicans that played a lot of minutes last year may be looking on the outside in as being a part of the rotation. And I think Miller is one of those candidates. And again, that's not a surprise, Kevin. You've been one of the leaders in talking about how if somebody had to be even replaced on a roster and you would be needing to waive somebody, your pick would have been Darius Miller, right? Yeah. Yeah, so no, he hasn't stood out. But again, maybe it was related to his injury. So, you know, you don't want to say too much. It is just training camp. But yeah. To answer your question, he has not shown us anything new. 
let alone shown us anything consistently enough so far this season. All right, and the Pelicans also have a game on Monday. They've got their first back-to-back of the year, uh, first up against the Chicago Bulls and then against the Atlanta Hawks. Before we circle back to what we expect from our guys, because there's still a fair number of guys that we want to see perform, uh, mainly Frank Jackson in addition to Darius uh, Morris, Jarrett Jack. I'm assuming the veterans won't get more than 15 to 20 minutes apiece. Uh, but then after that, you've got Garland Green, you've got the the Williams brothers, you've got brand new Brandon McCoy, uh, the former McDonald All-American. We'll probably get some run out of him, uh, anticipating that, you know, Anthony Davis probably won't exceed like the 20-minute threshold. Uh, and uh, Nicola is out as well. But let's go ahead and get to the Bulls. We're going to see some version of Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Justin Holiday, Jabari Parker, and Robin Lopez. We've got a couple of injuries. Omar Ashik uh, obviously is out with inflammatory arthritis. Best wishes to him. Wendell Carter's got a shoulder contusion, but he is probable. He's not starting anyway. We'll, we'll probably only see him for about 15 minutes. Um, and then we've got Lori Markinen, who is out for the next six to eight weeks, which is really troublesome for the Chicago Bulls playoff hopes if anyone anticipated they could compete for that eighth spot uh, out in the East. And then Denzel Valentine is probably just uh, per- being held out as a precaution with a bum ankle. So here's what we've got, Ali. Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Justin Holiday, Jabari Parker, Robin Lopez behind them. Campaign, um, some version of a couple of shooting guards, namely Derek Walton Jr., Ryan Acidiacono, I hope I got it right. 22nd overall pick, Chandler Hutchinson out of Boise State at small forward, Bobby Portis. And then at center, we'll probably get some version of Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, Jr. and Cristiano Felicio. Uh, the big name among all of these is probably Wendell Carter. It'll be interesting to see how he does going head-to-head with Jaleel Okafor. What other matchups are you looking forward to? I really just want to see our starters, which I think we can expect them largely playing outside of, like you mentioned, Miritich, uh, dominating this Bulls team. Because you just rattled off their, their starters that they're likely to go with. And if we're going to be a serious playoff team, we should run them off the court. AD should absolutely dominate Robin Lopez. Jabari Parker should not be able to guard Julius Randle. And then, of course, Zach Levine, who's not a good defender. He shouldn't be able to stay with Holiday. Uh, you know, I kind of want to see Chris Dunn go against Alfred Payton because Dunn was so acclaimed. Uh, coming out of the draft and he kind of had a, a slow start but he finished on a positive strong note kind of last season so I kind of want to see how he is in comparison to Peyton or vice versa just to see truly if we can get a gauge on where what we can expect from Peyton to see or get to see from Peyton this season but honestly on one-on-one matchups just not too much I just want to see some domination like I said from our starters all right, Kevin, anything you're looking forward to? Justin Holiday is uh, a name that rings a bell, obviously, being Drew's brother. Uh, there's a lot of connections here. Anthony Davis and Jaleel Okafor and Etwan Moore are all from the Chicago area. Robin Lopez used to be a New Orleans Hornet. But Justin Holiday last year played really well against the Pelicans. He averaged 17-8 and eight in their two matchups. Is there anything else you're looking forward to? Frank Jackson. I want to see Frank Jackson play. That's uh, one of the main things I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow he should be able to get a lot of minutes. You know, it's preseason. Um, and he's not going against uh, a crazy talented defensive team. So, you know, it should be able to shake off some rust and uh, shake off some jitters against, the, you know, some not great defenders. And uh, we can see what he's got. I'm looking forward to that. Well, according to B-Ball Index, with Laura Markinen at the five, which he obviously won't be, the uh, Bulls seek to push the pace much uh, the same way as the Pelicans will this season. 
And they're anticipating, according to their statistics last year, that the Bulls will score 108 points per game this season, but will allow 116. So this should be a high-scoring affair. It should be pretty interesting. Let's go ahead and move over to the Hawks. Uh, the big one here, of course, is Trey Young. He and Jeremy Lin will be spreading reps at the one. Uh, possible future Pelican Kent Bazemore. Uh, they've been linked to him on occasion. And then a small forward breakout candidate, Torian Prince. And then power forward John Collins, who gave Anthony Davis a bit of trouble last year. He's also poised for a breakout. He was one of the stars of Summer League. And then Dwayne Dedman probably will not be playing. He's probably going to be held out. But you've still got Miles Plumley and Alex Len. Uh, anything you're looking forward to in that one, Ollie? Well, um, not really. Other than the rookies, <laughs> I want to see if Trey Young's got what it takes to make in this league. Because uh, Summer League, he was dreadful from beyond New York. And that's supposed to be his strong suit being kind of a little Steph Curry out there. Um, but of course the other person I think we should all be looking at is Ken Bazemore. Cause I've got to think he's still going to be kind of on the Pelicans radar until either they fill, make that, you know, make that trade for some kind of additional help on the wing or uh, up until the trade deadline. So Ken Bazemore, I'm going to be looking at him. All right, Kevin, anything from you? I love John Collins. So I'm very excited about watching him play. He's super athletic and, um, he seems to be a very smart defender, and we saw in Summer League he was knocking down threes. Um, so if he's added that to his game, he's going to be um, trouble for a, a long time coming. Um, other than that, I'm so sick of hearing about Kent. I'm more sick of about hearing Kent Bazemore coming to New Orleans than <laughs> I am about Anthony Davis going to Boston, I think. I do not want Kent Bazemore in that terrible contract that we'd be stuck with for another year trying to bring back Miritich and Randall and Elker Payton. Kevin, um, you know what's funny? I, Kumar made it to uh, the uh, practice today, and that's exactly what we talked about. Oh, we yeah. don't want to see Bazemore on his team, and we're t- sick to death of it. Oh, I brought I mean, Etwan Moore is yes. just good or better than him. He just Bazemore has maybe an inch on him and about an inch and a half reach, and that's about it. Um, and I just think Etwan fits the team better. Um, so I'm not willing to send out Etwan Moore and Solomon Hill to get Kent Bazemore in his terrible contract. So please. Well, he said that he thinks that maybe they could do Solomon Hill and the Jansa, but again, I'm with you. Then you trade for him, right? So then you've got to pay him for, I think, at least next year. He's, he's on the same contract as Hill, yeah. where they signed, yeah, for four years back in 2016. Yeah. So okay. you're right. You wouldn't be able to keep Randall and Miritich. So yeah, yeah I'm 100% with you. I mean, even if you didn't send Etwan Moore out in that deal, you would have to send him out in another deal to try to bring back those other guys so please do not do that please no what i i'm really hoping that the pelicans can get their hands on kemba walker and i think the way that you do that at this juncture is you have to give up a first round pick which for the pelicans will probably be around 20 and you have to take back another bad contract like a michael kidd gilchrist or marvin williams and to do that in addition to throwing in solomon hill you're also throwing in someone like a nikola Miritich. Uh, that the Hornets, you know, might might be interested in re-signing going forward. Some player like, or you just choose be, between Julius Randle and Nikola Meritich, whichever of the two you like less, and you you take a swing that way. Uh, that that would be, I don't know, the the big move that I think gets the Pelicans into contention, possibly uh, for the Western Conference Finals. Maybe helps them overtake the Houston Rockets. Moves Alfred Payton to the six man position, which I think uh, he'd be better suited for at this point. But anyway, we're going to get to that a lot later. That's going to be on a segment that David Grubb has dubbed Dell or no Dell, and I'll present you guys with trade ideas, and you'll decide for yourselves whether or not you like them 
let's go ahead and wrap up our preview now. We've got some questions, and uh, he's done me the service, or the courtesy, I should say, of spelling out his name. It's Olushei. Thank you so much for all the questions, sir. I really appreciate it. I'm going to start with Ali. He says, after 49 wins in 08-09, we regressed to about 34 and then to 30. I'm going into my third season as a Pelicans fan. What about the Pelicans right now convinces you we're so good that we're not going to regress? Yeah, I saw that question too, and I initially thought I had the same thought to myself, you know, coming off good season for the Pelicans, suddenly everything went right back into the toilet. The reason I think it's not going to happen again, and of course you got to knock on wood, because that's what honestly destroyed the 2014-15 good vibes, is the fact that it was injuries, guys. We didn't have a deep team, and all the key players, uh, all the core players got hurt, and the Pelicans missed over, you know, they missed a league-leading, what was it, 300-some games that season. So, obviously, you do that, you're going to take a step back. Um, and, of course, in, uh, what was it, 10 years ago, you know, that, that had to do more with management, how they didn't want to proceed and pay all the contracts to keep uh, David West, Tyson Chandler, all of them, and they tried to trade Tyson Chandler, and that blew up in their face. So, that, that wasn't too surprising how that turned out. So, short of injuries and short of management wanting to suddenly blow up the team, I don't think we can expect for them to – suffer some kind of mysterious 300 steps back like we've seen in the past. That's why I think we should remain hopeful uh, because they've built, they've added to what they were successful doing last season. The team is obviously deeper. I mean, when you look at stats, when you look at these guys with your eyes, you can see it. It, it, it makes sense. So, like I said, I don't think we're wrong to expect things this season. I don't think we're going to get blindsided. And again, please, please, please knock on wood. <laughs> Yeah, no injuries. That's another question from Olushay. Kevin, let's go ahead and move to another question specifically for you. Do you think we have the depth to play at an even faster pace? This is also from Olushay. I think it may lead to faster wear and tear and maybe injuries. Do you think running at this rampant pace? I saw a quote. I, I want to say it was from Julius Randle, but I don't quite remember saying that Drew Holiday led the NBA in miles run per game. I think it was somewhere around five miles per game. Kevin, do you worry about these guys breaking down at this pace? I mean, you worry about guys breaking down, of course, but I think that there is a lot of depth on this team, especially in the in the big man rotation, because you have, you know, the three that we talk about. Now we see uh, Jaleel Okafor is in great shape, um, and uh, he looks real fit. Um, I think he's ready to run. He's added some stuff to his game. And then if Czech looks great, physically but you know has he gotten it together um mentally for the game i guess is the best is where he's really missing uh uh you know that's that's his weakness he's still his basketball iq still seems to be quite low um so if if that catches up and you have those guys that can give you spot minutes here and there but you're still being able to basically do hockey substitutions with those big three uh, guys who are you know, AD is an MVP candidate. The other two are borderline all-stars. Uh, I think, you know, you're in very good shape. Um, your questions, as always, with the team is on the wing, but then you have, uh, you know, Solomon Hill coming back healthy. Ethan Moore showing that he can play well as a third, uh, you know, sort of as a, in a three-guard lineup covering the three. Um, and then, um, you know, we're going to have Frank Jackson now. Uh, and you still have guys like Ian Clark, Darius Miller to throw in. We didn't have Solomon last year so he's able to give you minutes now and then you know if a guy like troy williams uh breaks out um and can earn minutes you know i feel like we were all sort of 
sad when we lost out on uh, Tyrone Wallace when the Clippers matched that. And I feel like Troy Williams has the potential to be a similar kind of player if he's able to be a bit of a playmaker because he he seems to fit the mold of that hustle guy that's always getting tipped balls, always getting loose balls, and he has that athleticism. He's long. He's not a great shooter, but he's able to contribute in multiple ways that um, aren't necessarily shown up in, in your traditional box scores. So I think we have a lot of guys like that. And then, you know, um, we have Trevon Blewett, who might get some minutes sometimes, you know, on his two-way deal, and we've seen what kind of shooter he can be. Um, and then if you get another breakout candidate, and we also have a guy like Jared Jack, a veteran leader in the backcourt now. So I think there's just a lot of depth on this team that we hadn't had before, and we're entering camp uh, healthier than we've entered it in a very long time. Um, so you got to feel good about those sort of things. Another excellent point. You know what, guys? I've got some more stuff on the docket, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for now. Uh, that's it, you guys. We're going to be back. We're we're going to start coming back more and more, uh, especially once the regular season kicks in. Apologies for not being here more often. I think this is our first podcast in at least two, if not three weeks. Uh, but we will be back regularly starting uh, in the next two weeks. So we'll probably have one about every week until regular season starts, and then we'll start ramp- ramping it up from there. Uh, of course, you guys, thank you so much for your support. If you can do us one more favor, make sure that you're following The Bird Rights on Twitter and on Facebook. Give our podcast a rating on iTunes, as I said before, and retweet everything you see from our team. That's the best way that you can help us here at thebirdrights.com. Uh, we deeply appreciate it, and we love helping to build this community of passionate Pelicans fans. You can see the community building around us on social media sites like Twitter and Facebook as the Pelicans do better, as they get more exciting players on the roster, uh, these young up and coming guys like Alfred Payton and Jaleel Okafor who could potentially break out for the Pelicans and and you know reinvigorate their careers all this stuff is just building more and more attention in the New Orleans area and it's all good things so thank you so much for being a part of us uh, we're going to call this for right now before I go of course follow Ali at Ali Cosell Kevin at Kevin B for bounce our site is thebirdrights.com Ali you just mentioned that you had an article uh, about six hours ago I have yet to read it myself uh, but I will after this. Tell our listeners a bit about that article and tell them a bit about what we've got coming this week. Sure. I won't go too much into the piece because it's up there for you guys to read. But I basically just took my biggest storylines that I saw this week over attending uh, four practices. Um, and I listed five things. You know, Alfred Payton, for instance, is one of them. So go ahead and give it a read. But a couple of things I've got plans. I'm going to do a big season preview as well as um, I want to finish a piece that I started last week about how it's not wrong for you guys to have championship aspirations for the Pelicans because, you know, the numbers, the stats and history says you shouldn't. So I'm going to I'm going to do a piece on that. But real quick, Press, I want you to mention real quick about your trip to Vancouver and you give it two thumbs up. I did. I have to say, you guys, I love Canada. I don't know if you've been to Canada, but I highly recommend. It's it's just a different culture, a different way of life. Um, it it it's just such a nice break from the the frenetic pace that's in Orlando, and I'm sure uh, at rush hour in New Orleans. Uh, obviously, New Orleans has that that wonderful at home feel of you feel like everybody knows your name when you walk down the street. Everybody's so friendly. That's kind of like Canada, except. 
Canada is so much more environmentally conscious. You see in New Orleans, everyone just like throwing trash all over the place and pouring their drink out on the side of the road. You don't really see that in Canada. Everybody's so conscious about everything. Everybody's so kind. It was absolutely stunning. It was beautiful. Uh, it was nice to actually experience fall for a change. Uh, we went to a place called Bowen Island. We saw the critically endangered uh, southern resident killer whales, which was, I, I mean, one of I don't know, top 10 things I've seen in my life just to see them out in the wild. Uh, just couldn't couldn't recommend it enough. Just getting removed kind of from society and the overpopulated areas that we all live in at this point in our life. Uh, just, just have to say how beautiful it was. My wife and I loved it. And I think you guys should all check out not just Vancouver, which is beautiful in and of itself, but either Bowen Island or I think it's Nenomoa. I can't remember the, the neighboring island's title. We didn't actually go to it. We stayed on Bowen Island the whole time. But just... Can't recommend enough. Um, so yeah, that was that was it. I loved it, Kevin. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, what what have we got coming down the pipeline? And where is your number one uh, destination spot that you want to hit up soon? Well, I would have to say I I liked Canada a lot. I was only there for a little bit, um, but I also was in, around Kings Avenue, which is a very different picture of Vancouver than you're painting because it's sort of where um, it's sort of where like heroin is sort of not uh tackled too much and sort of let people have that avenue i was on tour with a band so we're like the <laughs> was there. so it was kind of a sketchy uh zombie like post-apocalyptic pop, uh, pop uh god why can't i talk apocalyptic area but i still enjoyed it it was great um anyway vancouver should one. hire you to be their marketing man <laughs> Hey, they had great dumplings. So there's really good uh, restaurants around there. Anyway, and the people were extremely nice. Uh, a person gave us a place to stay that night. We had a nice place to, to stay. Um, we did have to worry about the van a little bit because of the neighborhood. Um, people break into cars a lot in that spot. But um, other than that, it was great. Um, as far as writing, I'm very much struggling because we I somehow got locked out of the bird writes a website and I'm still having trouble with me in the IT department of trying to figure out why I can't get in to write but I have like an article that I was trying to write and I was trying to write another quick one where I actually compared Tyrone Wallace to Troy Williams and see if you know he could be that replacement which I mentioned earlier but I think I'm just going to let that blow by to get to the bigger article once I'm able to get in I'm hoping on Monday when they're back in the office we can sort it all out and I can get rolling again because it's been frustrating not being able to get in there. Right, I can't even see the site right now on my laptop. Anyway, um, as far as travel, I think uh, I'm going to be going back to Singapore during All-Star break at some point, um, which I used to live there for six and a half years. Um, so I try to go every two years or so to go see old friends and go eat food, and see places that I miss. Um, so I, that's probably the next big one on my horizon, but I'll probably sneak in a couple of Pensacola, Pensacola trips soon as well. Um, All right. The last beach uh, act. Uh, I also want to quickly drop in that Canada has terrific beer. Uh, Ali, what about you? You have any vacations planned? I need to plan one. Um, <laughs> well, I've got, I mean, I know in April, I'm going to be going to one of my old best friend's weddings in Iceland. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Well, that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, I've never been to Iceland, but it looks beautiful. Uh, I, I remember they had a really 
great rated flights. Anyway, we're, let's go ahead and wrap this up and we can talk <laughs> yes. off there. Uh, thank you guys again so much for listening and for listening to us talk about ingrown toenails. And uh, I can't remember how we started uh, putting Kevin's house together and my trip to Vancouver. Uh, thank you all. We appreciate it so much. For now, we've got some games coming up. It's very exciting. And let's go, pals. for listening to the bird calls on the off the glass nothing but net and 555 podcast networks if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today and now a thought from geico motorcycle it took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online please be the cheetah please be the cheetah and learn your animal isn't the cheetah but the far less appealing blobfish Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to GEICO. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. GEICO presents yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi. So, about the kitchen. Turns out, when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. (laughs) Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here, and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.